Hey everyone, it's Anton, host of the Discount Podcast. Look man, monies can suck a lot. The weekend's over, you gotta go back to work. Maybe you can't stand your coworkers, which is likely. Whatever the case may be, we can help you make your Monday just a little bit better. Check out our show, the Discount Podcast, where we talk about nonsense and anything and everything. It's always fun, it's not always politically correct, and it's just us. So tune in and let us make the start of your week not suck quite so much. Available wherever you can listen to podcasts. New episodes up every Monday. Discount Podcast, the DP. You didn't expect it, but you might like it. Casual, the gaming podcast where we talk about games casually. My name is Sedge, and I'm joined by my co-host, Lightsaber Ninja. A.K.A. King Kegel. And Control Freak. What's up, everybody? You know, not much. (laughs) Well, whose fault is that? I don't know. I I don't do a lot during the week. That's a terrible thing. So we got a fun show planned for you this week. Uh, But first... What you guys been playing this week? Well, I mean, see if the apes, we had a couple more extravaganzas, like getting attacked by Krakens and Megalodons. Uh, Warframe did their summer event, which is literally a squirt gun fight. Really? Yeah, it's a squirt gun fight. All right, that sounds fun. I'm (laughs) upset I missed that. I streamed it a couple days ago. I'll probably stream it again tomorrow because there's actually some mods I can buy that I didn't realize when I first started the event. Um, and then today, I actually loaded up Destiny again. Oh, yeah? How are you getting on with Destiny? Uh, Well, I still will never do the raid because I don't want to spend nine hours banging my head on a wall with something that I already know how to do, but we just can't do it. Annoying as hell. Um, but... The Solstice event that's going on right now, I like what they did for the, uh, like, the mini strike. Because you jump in, you're already in the boss zone, basically, and there are many um, objectives that will spawn around the map that you can hunt down. So it's, it's fun. It's like 15 minutes in, out. Not even 15 minutes if you're fast enough, but in, out, done. How are the loot drops for it? Um, since it's the Solstice event, most of what you'll get is for your level. But at the start of the event, you get a full set of level 700 armor. Oh, hmm. goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, okay, well, I was uh, 650 trying to grind my way up to 7. And here's a whole set of 700. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, good job, Bungie. Yeah. So I'll have to on the back uh, to them. I'll have to boot that up after we're done recording here and uh, grab that armor. You definitely should. I got to do it on my other two characters. Hi, Podcat. Sweet. But uh, uh, yeah, that's what I've been up to. Well, you left out the part in Sea of Thieves where we were playing and then uh, Pirate Legends decided... Oh, these guys are doing a mission. Let's fucking kill them and then wait and kill them again. Yeah, I, I kind of wanted to avoid the uh, the annoying shitty bits. <laughs> I won't deny. Is that why you also left out all of Battlefield Five? <laughs> okay, admittedly it wasn't all bad, but it was, oh my god, those last most two of, fucking rounds. <laughs> most of, and the first round we jumped into where we just jumped into the losing match, and then yeah. the last two where it was... So we can't take an objective. Why? Because we keep dying. Yep. Hmm. Oh, you mean one or two of you? No, the whole team. Yeah, that was rough. That was definitely rough. <laughs> She's very, very vocal tonight. <laughs> fix your cat, bro. I can't fix her. She's already fixed. Oh, well. We'll try feeding her for once. I do. <laughs> Fuck you. What have you been playing this week, you dick? Um, a lot of stuff. I, uh, I got two new games for the Switch. Um, both were on sale. One was uh, a game called Shut Eye, and the other was a game called Layers of Fear. I didn't know you picked those up for the Switch. I thought you picked those up on mobile. Actually, Layers no. of Fear isn't bad. 
That's actually a pretty good, uh, pretty good game. I've heard yeah, decent later things about right. Layers of Fear. Unless um, you're listening to Yahtzee's review about it. I only put like 20 minutes into it. It's, uh, I like it. I'm interested to see how it goes. Shut Eye, on the other hand, I played for like three minutes and I just shut it off because I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. And then I Googled it, uh, which took forever to find. There is no wiki entry. It's it's very clear why it was on sale for 30 cents. Oof. Um, <laughs> but, uh, which I got for free because there's like, you, you collect random Nintendo coins from games. Do you know about this? Yeah. Every time you buy a game, you get, like, coins and shit, which it's you not... can use to buy games in the future. Yeah. And it's not just whenever you buy one. I mean, you do get, like, you do get coins for buying games. Because Layers of Fear gave me an extra 11. But I had 150 coins just by randomly pressing buttons uh, on my home screen. But... Really? Yeah. I didn't know you could get them just from that. I didn't know that that was worth a dollar fifty. You did uh, a I thing. Mean, Here's some coins. You did another thing. Here's some more coins. You're still alive. Congratulations. <laughs> I remember it, it was like check for coins, and I was like, "Sure, I'll check for coins." It's like you don't have any coins. Check for coins. You got coins. I don't know what happened. Um. But anyway, so yeah, this shut eye game. It, I had to figure out what was actually... They don't explain at all how the mechanics work. They tell you what the buttons do, but they don't tell you why they do them. And, uh... Yeah, I got like 10 minutes in and I died, and I was like, well, this is stupid. It's a real dumb game, though. Now that I know how to do it, it's it's not any better. <laughs> so it dumb. didn't magically get better once you figured out what the hell you were doing? No, you know how sometimes whenever you figure out what you're doing in a game, you're like, oh, and then the game could be fun. Yes. This game is just, you go through the motions. Once you figure it out, once it clicks, you just go through the motions and you're like, yeah, oh man. It's like, oh, I'm Ooh, still bored. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm but glad you're at least pretty good. It, it, graphics are real nice and uh, I won't lie, I... I jumped a couple times, even though I knew it was coming. <laughs> well, that's always is the mark of a good first-person horror game if it can actually scare you a bit. But I'm glad you're getting on with at least one of the games you bought, and at least you only spent thirty cents on the ones you one you don't like. Well, actually, I got it for free because them coins. <laughs> oh, even better, coins for the win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Layers of Fear, even with tax, only cost me three bucks because of the rest of the coins. Yeah, well, I would I would count that as a net win. Yeah. That's uh, all I've really I... been playing. I, I also restarted KOTOR because I got stuck. Oh, you did end up restarting? Yeah, oh, about... I mean, I have, my, I have my old save ready, but... Yeah, when you were talking about that, I do remember... Because KOTOR technically levels up with you. So if you, like, early max yourself, you might not find a uh, set of equipment that quite fits your level, but all of the enemies will have equipment that fits the level. Well, I don't remember what I did, like, the first time I ever played through KOTOR. But this time, uh, I... I think I screwed myself over with my build. Mm. Like, you get to pick your class first, and then you pick your uh, Jedi class as well later on. Yeah. And I think that my combination was dumb. Which uh... is a thing that can happen in a and d type game, you know? True. Yeah, I mean, if you multi-class a barbarian and a wizard, you're probably not going to do well. Which is basically what I ended barbarian up doing. Barbarian or mage? What are you talking about, man? <laughs> Um, War mages are boss. No, and so well, on my we... on my newest playthrough, I just I'm going pure combat. Fuck it. Oh no, diplomacy or anything? Oh no, no, no! I always have a charismatic character, but what I'm doing is I'm I'm using my class. I'm using the classes to default me to not fail in combat, mm. so that I can focus on speechcraft and not be gimped in any. Okay, fair enough. 
Diplomacy is for the weak. Huh. Also, just remember, the barbarians exist. Ah, uh, barbarian. <laughs> barbarian. That sounds... The female barbarian. Yes. The the fairest of all the barbarians. Of all the barbarians. We have, we have to remember to specify they're barbarians. Right, right, right. Uh, oh, I'd be and... wolf. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I, d I didn't know if you were done or not. I mean, I kind of was, but then it hit me. It's fine. All I was going to say is that, as always, I'm doing a little bit of uh, uh, DBZ on GBA. Just can't put it down, can you? It's off and on. I, I already beat it now, and I'm just grinding to unlock all the bonuses and 100% it. Oh, well, I mean, that's basically what I'm doing in Wolfenstein right now. Because uh, I beat Wolfenstein over the weekend. How was it? Uh, it was good. It It's definitely... I definitely got my money's worth out the game. Um, At the end of the game, you get a new suit power. So you essentially get uh, cloaking and, like, the shoulder bash from Wolfenstein 2. Um... And at the end of the game, you unlock, like, this Jedi power that allows you to stop bullets like Neo. Mm. And then fire them back at the enemies, and you basically get that right before the final boss. The Jedi final boss? Wait, wait, wait. Jedi power to stop bullets like Neo. I, <laughs> I, fuck off. <laughs> um... But yeah, no, you get that right at the end of the game. And me and the friend I was playing with, uh, Jovi from the Discount Podcast, go check out their podcast. It's good. Um, we we were playing it, and we made it through most of the game. I think we only died, like died, died once or twice. So we ran out of all of our shared lives, and we had to restart the level. I think that only happened once. This Wait, final you have, boss fight, you have it lives? happened like... Yeah, so there's, like, a shared life system. You find these crates with lives in them, and then uh, it's basically a instant res yourself, so you get three of them. Huh. But once you're out of those and you bleed out, you're the game. it's game over. You're both dead. Okay. And you have to restart hmm. the level from the last checkpoint, which we found out the first time it happened can be very far back in the level. So that's one complaint. It was uh, very far back checkpoints. But this final boss fight. So in the new game, they have like an armor system. So certain guns do certain damage to certain types of armor. Of course. It's a three-stage boss fight. So the first stage, you have to use the, um, like the force power to shoot bullets back at the guy. Then you have to take him out with like a super piercing weapon like a sniper rifle which luckily mine was fully upgraded so i just chewed through that stage pretty quick the last stage though um he spawns a bunch of uh nazi henchmen on the platform and there's a plane that flies around that also bombs the platform that you're on Ooh, sounds painful so the first couple of times we didn't take care of all the Nazi henchmen before getting him back out on the field. Uh, so we were fighting them and fighting him and just getting our asses kicked. Plus the plane was bombing us to hell. Plus we weren't mm -hmm. using the right guns to take down his shields. So it was just a full gambit full... of dumb. Yeah. At the, at the end we were like, hey, wait a minute. This is what his shields look like. The shotgun does damage to those types of shields. We both just pulled out our shotguns and just mulched him at the end. Hmm. Um, and yeah, that was the end of the game. And it kind of then sends you back to the resistance headquarters that you're working from. It's like, oh, hey, there's still missions to do. So go keep doing missions. Find Nazi space tech because uh, I think the new Wolfenstein's going to be in space. Nazis whatever the, in space. Whatever Wolfenstein 3 ends up being. Or it's going to be like Sky Cities. I don't know. They talked a lot about the Nazi ascension. So it's it's basically going to be Iron Sky. Yeah. 
you're, basically. You're, you're playing BJ Blaskowitz in Iron Sky. I'm okay or with did that. Did he die? Well, no, no, that's still... that's probably a spoiler. It. I mean, it. it yes and no. He's just Hitler's dead. Really, really asleep. Don't you uh, kill him in every single one? No, actually, you didn't even kill him in the last one when you met him face to face. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, I I do have something to clear up from Wolfenstein Youngblood though that I said last week. Uh, they did take out the booster microtransactions. Apparently that was a early build that got released according to Bethesda. But yeah, it's always a mistake. And then a it, bunch of people shit on it and they were like, "Oh man, we should probably get rid of this." Yeah, basically. So, so they they ripped it out the game. Uh and it's not there anymore. So whatever I said last week about that no longer exists. That's good. Um, I've I've also been going back and playing uh Wolfenstein Old Blood. Because I hadn't played that one yet. It's the other like mini expansion they released after New Order. Yeah. That's fun, but it's uh, it's difficult. <laughs> I remember watching I you do that. Yeah, I died a lot, and yes, I still haven't finished it, so I'll have to go back and do that this week. <laughs> Other than that, yeah, I haven't been playing much else except for a fuckload of Wolfenstein. So... Um... Should we get the news bit out of the way first? The stupid one. Might as well. News? What's the stupid? This the okay. So the it was said again that the reason for things happening recently here in the states, violent video games are getting blamed again. This argument comes up every couple of years, and every couple of years. The same shit gets said, and no, they don't cause violent... They Violent video games are not the cause of all the evils in the world. Stop saying it. It's going to constantly get brought up. I know it's going to get constantly brought and every up, time but it, it gets brought up, though, it gets shut down even faster. Yeah, I know, because people are finally realizing it's not a thing. I'm just sick of it getting brought up, no matter who brings it up. But... Either way, it got brought up again. It's going to get shut down again, but it's still stupid, and y'all need to start, you know, learning from the past. Like, look at the studies that have been done in the past before you open your fucking cake holes again. (laughs) Don't you talk about my cake hole? It's not about using actual facts anyway. It's about bad faith arguments so that you don't have to address the situation. Yeah, I know. I'm just just saying. But anyway, we can move on to that to a game that is also under fire for controversy right now, and it hasn't even come out yet. The new Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. So they released the gameplay for Modern Warfare, the, the new Modern Warfare this week. They had the big multiplayer reveal. What's and the I've been. Uh, I'm getting to it. Hang on. Hold your freaking horses. Jeez. Um, the game uh, multiplayer got announced this week. Uh, it looks very similar to Call of Duty 4, and both myself and Control are very excited for that. Yeah, no Especially more con- stupid super suits. And it also seems like they're adding in like larger Battlefield-style gameplay. See, I like the smaller map mode. That's and those are on it. and those are still going to be in it. Yeah, uh, I know. I'm just saying, which is good. The the little tiny maps that are all that are more about movement and smaller players, that was cool. And the the small amount of player maps that use night vision, those were. And those are going to be back, but now we're getting a big ground war mode. So, uh, the fans of Battlefield who've been wanting a modern game since Battlefield One. They might have something now that they yep. can go play. And I'm super stoked for it because it looks like a return to classic Call of Duty, which we haven't seen since, what, MW3? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. It, actually, I'd say Black Ops 2. Definitely Black Ops 2. 
and I'm okay. just going to forget yeah. that Call of Duty World at War existed. Or World War Two existed. I was about to say. World at War was uh, one of the decent ones. Yeah. That's World War Two, not so much. Uh, but yeah, no, the game came under fire for some controversy because of one of the kill streaks. Uh, so you know how they had nukes and shit in like MW2? Mm-hmm. One of the kill streaks for this one is a white phosphorus attack. Ooh. Which, for those of you who don't know, that's a war crime. Or the best grenade in Metal Gear Solid 3. <laughs> or that. But, no, it's it's gotten There's a little bit of flack. Of yeah. <laughs> it's gotten a little bit of flack for that. I, I don't understand why it would, but... I mean, all right, fair enough. They did say this was going to be one of the most controversial Call of Duty, so I assume sometime in the story you're going to have to deal with a white phosphorus attack, Spec Ops the Line style. Yeah. Oof. That, so that was be... my first presumption when you when you mentioned yeah. that. Imagine that we were going... Call of Duty that was as thought-provoking as Spec Ops. <laughs> I know, right? But... No, I mean, I just got super stoked for it because it looks like it's going to be a fun Call of Duty to play and get into just like I did for uh, Call of Duty 4. But you know they're going to litter it with microtransactions and cosmetics and hopefully See, no game-breaking shit. Everything about the game looks great. I'm worried about the community. Why? The better the, 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 the better the Call of Duty game is, the more toxic it is to play. Yeah, but that's any online multiplayer community. I mean, me and Control were talking about this yesterday when we were playing Battlefield Five. The community is just a toxic cesspool. Yeah, lot of small penis. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Overwatch too. I mean, any like any online game. It's just it's toxic communities. You're always gonna see it, and you just kind of gotta fight through it. All those tiny penises, though. I don't want to have to fight <laughs> through tiny penises. <laughs> I mean, it'll be so easy. You just step on them, and they'll go away. I don't want to have to be dealing with tiny penises, though. Don't make me touch tiny penises. Can we stop saying tiny penises? <laughs> no, because you brought it up. So oh, now God. it has to be You addressed. brought it up. Did I, I bring it up? it up. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Light brought it up. I brought it up because so that's what I think of with them people all the time. It's just like, ah, uh, you got a tiny dick. <laughs> that small dick energy. Small dick energy. It's small oh, dick God. anger. Um, I don't know if we talked about it last week. I, can, I honestly don't remember. But yeah, Outer Worlds got a Switch announcement. I don't know if we actually brought it up on podcast. But yeah, man. Uh, holy shit. Yeah. That's going to be fucking awesome. That is awesome. Like kudos to you get to Obsidian for bringing that one to the Switch. I hope that the I hope that it ports well. I'm sure it will, since it seems like every port that's come to the Switch has done pretty decent. Except I hear, uh, well, I've actually seen this firsthand. The Doom ports, uh, the the color contrasts are too high, so the darks are too darks and the lights are too light. <laughs> Ooh, that yes. could get perspectively it, weird it does because you basically walk into an area that's supposed to just be shadowed and you walk in and it's like i can't see shit and then you go to the you're still you're on the surface of mars in the sky it like in the daytime and now you're just absolutely blinded, <laughs> blinded well, the, by the light. this is the original doom so it doesn't do that oh okay it doesn't original. have it doesn't have lens glare this isn't uh doom 2016's port oh I mean, that would actually be kind of funny in the 2016 port. Not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> so I Look. disappeared for a minute. I'm not even going to pretend like I didn't. I just wanted to say it's a different studio that's doing the port. Oh, is it? Mm -hmm. So it's not Obsidian? No, man. They're too busy working on the main game. That's true. Do we know who's handling the port? I mean, they announced who it was. I just, I don't well, somebody get on the damn Google machine and find it out. There's literally no way for us to find out. Yeah, it's impossible. 
Uh, Absolutely impossible. We're continuing this bit still? It'll always be a thing for me. Why do you think it's a bit? This is reality, bro. Yeah, oh, dude, dear. what are you talking about? Oh, dear God. Um, Along with that, though, we also got another announcement last week, and this is where I will hand it over to Light, because he's just going to fangirl here for a couple minutes. If it's my main topic, I want to talk about my other stuff first. <laughs> is it your main topic? I don't know. Is I don't this know. Your main... I don't know where you're going. You're being vague. <laughs> oh, you're oh, also we're vague. being vague. <laughs> Mister, hey, I want to keep the intrigue. I want to keep the intrigue. I'm vague before call, not during. <laughs> yeah, well, we're vague during call, despite your vagueness out of call. <laughs> <laughs> we do this out of spite. <laughs> um, no, I was talking about the Metal Gear announcement, man. Then yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's my main topic. Of course that's my main topic. Why wouldn't that be my main topic? I don't know, because, like, three of the topics you pitched could be a main topic. Oh, no, dude, I'm going to breeze through everything I have tonight just to get to Metal Gear. All right, well, get started then. All right, Sea of Thieves and um, No Man's Sky. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention No Man's Sky is getting a new port. No Man's Sky had it even worse. But these are two games that started off kind of boring and lackluster. And, really and their developers... In their reviews. Oh, kind yeah. of boring, he says. Kind of. <laughs> there were still people that found enjoyment out of both games. Even when you were shitting on Sea of Thieves, it still had a player base. That's true. And now I'm one of the player base. So, oh, yeah. how the tables have turned. But that's because, that's what I wanted to bring up, and with No Man's Sky, like whenever they did No Man's Sky Next, and now they're doing No Man's Sky Beyond, these are two games where the developers have gone above and beyond what they needed to, kind of similar to uh, what 343 did with the Halo collection. Oh, with them bringing it to PC, you mean? Well, not bringing it to PC, but the fact that it was kind of broken when it launched. These are developers who have continuously... And steadily worked on their games to the point where No Man's Sky is almost an entirely different game. It's so much more than was ever promised for a game that launched being way less than what was promised. Um, And I just, I think that we should praise these developers for turning these games into something good. I I will agree with you. I will praise Hello Games and Rare for actually making, like, taking the time to make their games good. That being said, they should have released a good game from the fucking start. (laughs) I mean, sure, but they, okay, sure, they should have released a good game from the start, but you know what? They did what they did. They did what they could. They, they, this was just a fucking indie game. That Sony was was producing. They did right. not mean to be the star of E3. They did not mean to blow up the way that they did. They didn't mean to have it to where people were sending death threats saying this game is all I have to reporters who had the audacity to report that it would be delayed. Like, there's so much that was out of their control. Well, I... And while I don't like the fact that they 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 weren't open to the community saying, hey, we are still working on it. The very fact that they were still working on it is good, and the games that they they have now are good. And given that it's been like three years, it's about time we dropped the launch problem. I'm not going to shit on No Man's Sky anymore. I went back and played No Man's Sky after the next update, and I thought it was way better. Everything handled better. What's crazy about that statement alone is that Beyond is to Next what Next was to Vanilla. Right, because they're adding full VR support, more online elements. I don't know what they're adding in terms of online elements. I have to look that up, but the fact that we're getting a the game fully playable in VR, mm-hmm. that's enough to just talk about in general with that's what they're cool. doing for it. Yeah. They implemented a third-person camera. You can get on there with a bunch of your buddies and start building bases and taking over whole worlds. Like, it's crazy. This game's so just going to become EVE Online. 
The, I wouldn't put it past them, but yeah, at this point, No Man's Sky Beyond is practically a sequel. Uh, well, yeah. that fixes on everything, and yet if you bought the vanilla game, you get these updates. Right. I mean, they're basically entirely new games, complete overhauls to the game that you get if you just stuck with them since the beginning and bought the yeah. game from the start. And oh, so, so uh, even... I actually have all of this stuff if I ever decide to re-download that? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, then. Yeah, so it's, um, it's, at the very, that's... at the very least, if for some reason you don't have Beyond, which you should, you you have the next update. So, right. Yeah, and Beyond drops next week. So, hmm. yeah, it drops um, uh, next week, Wednesday, I believe. So, props to the developers that keep tweaking games until they work, because it's not like EA uh, is letting EA closed the whole studio instead of letting them fix Andromeda. And they've also completely kind of abandoned Anthem instead of letting that be tweaked and worked on. Well, they're they're still working on it. It's just nobody gives a shit. EA themselves don't. But That's yeah, true. so props to developers to fix their games. The other thing I wanted to talk about is Warframe. So there was a microtransaction in Warframe that is the most pointless thing ever. It's literally, you can have a pet, right? And for a dollar, you can buy a skin for your pet. It's a random skin. And to me, that's nothing. That That's not a bad thing. That's not anything to shit on. However, the developers, what's their name, Control? Uh, Digital Extreme. Okay, so Digital Extreme was looking at their stats and they noticed that one player had bought this uh this this DLC this microtransaction over 200 times they spent $200 getting random skins for their pet and digital extremes went holy shit that makes it kind of like a slot machine like you're just putting the money in and pulling the handle constantly so they nixed it I actually, I remember when that happened. I actually, uh, now that you mentioned that, I, because admittedly that happened a, it, it happened a hot minute ago, but it was a big deal. And yeah, I remember DE came out on one of their dev streams and apologized. They were like, That's we never great. meant for that mechanic to turn into that. Yeah. So, and they've, they've stated that it's like from this point, like this point and in the future, none of our purchasables, none of our plat, uh, purchases, store purchases, anything involving real money is going to work on a mechanic like that. Which is fucking Which awesome. Is insane because it's not, it's not a, it's not a bad thing. Like having, Having a dollar for a random cosmetic upgrade for a pet, that that's not a bad microtransaction in my eyes. But the fact that they've also been on record saying that they don't want whales, that's awesome. Although I won't deny I am a bit of a whale for Warframe. Yeah, but the, the sure. thing is they're not... <laughs> they're... You know, they're not... Uh, going to that gambling part of people's brains. It's just, if you want to spend the money, you can, but you're not required to. You can get everything in the game pretty quickly, actually, if you know where to look for it. And you can just play the game. They did free-to-play yeah. right. Yeah. And I just cannot get a, it. Was, it was one player out of how many people that play the game. Oh, there's millions. And and one person spent all that money on on that single thing, and that they were like, "No, we're changing it all." That just props to them too. Absolutely. I I think EA and all the other companies could take a bit of a page out of their their book there with their loot boxes. Yeah, especially well, considering how they started off as a small company. Exactly, and now they're now they have their own con. Yeah, I one of these years. I'm going to go. Is that that's in Canada, right? Yes. I'd be down to Which go to Canada. It's the only downside. <laughs> is it is that really a, a downside? Is that a downside? It, it's just a bit of a trek. Okay, that's fair. Warframe. 
Wait, what? what was there poutine in Warframe? No, there is no. No, poutine I said, in I said, is that a down? Is that a downside? Poutine and Warframe. Oh. <laughs> No, it's definitely not. And I I would love to get the chance to go to TennoCon and meet the developers and just experience that cuz it's I've I've watched every TennoGen uh, uh TennoCon stream that they've done and they always put on a great show. They're always super cool with the community. I mean, I think I mentioned it like 3 weeks ago or something like that. They've got a contest where they will win that like the winner of this contest gets to go to space. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you did. You, it was through, it was in your gushing episode. Yeah. It's like, wait a, wait a second. You're going to spend $250,000 to send a person to space. Yes. Okay. <laughs> watch, watch us go there. And then I win that. And you don't, I would stab you. I know you would. And then, and actually, it's There's not one... it's not a uh, thing. It's just a contest that they're doing for signing up. Like you just sign up on the website. Mm. Oh shit! Well, I'm signing. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, and then there's one more thing that I wanted to bring up before any Metal Gear talk. And uh, just because th- this one, I wanted to. B- this is not news. This is just all from me but i wanted to talk to you guys about it okay so i've been browsing through the switch store i've been noticing some things uh and i've been slowly but surely realizing that the nintendo switch suck like well that's a hot in a take. lot of in a lot of ways the switch blows um the very fact that skyrim is still 60 bucks and it was a launch title and it's also from 2011. That is pretty rough. Yeah. I don't think that's really a Nintendo thing, though. I think that might be a Bethesda thing. It's not the only one, though. Nintendo games are like that, too. I yeah, find most, most a lot Nintendo of the games... games never drop in price. Yeah. Exactly. If anything, they go up. And, like, I don't know. There's just a lot of bullshit practices. Uh, so, Nintendo's online is lackluster uh, at best. Um, putting it lightly, but all right. And one of the saving graces you get from fanboys about why that's okay is that it's super cheap. For the I moment. wouldn't call it. Yeah, I wouldn't call it super cheap anyway. It's just cheaper. But here's yeah, what I was thinking: it's twenty bucks a year—that's cheaper than every other online service except PC. See, you're doing it. Well. No, I mean that's just math because it's sixty dollars it for Xbox. It? I I understand that in comparison, it's relatively cheap. Doesn't make it any less bullshit that you get no features for what free free NES games. Oh wow! Not like I couldn't get that from a million websites. Get a better library too. Although I'm sure that you have played the shit out of Super Mario Brothers. Huh? Actually, no. Been I've been playing, playing the fuck, fuck out, out of Excite Bike and NES Golf. Mm hmm. NES Golf, that game that is literally an Easter egg hiding in the system for free? Yeah, that one. Hmm. Anyway. I haven't even played my Switch enough to find that. So here's what I think Nintendo should do. A uh, quick question, unrelated. The, but will tie in during a during a natural disaster uh when you need to get in touch with loved ones they tell you not to call they tell you to text or tweet or anything else right do you know why because to keep emergency lines? service lines open because if they're mm-hmm. if phone lines are congested because everyone's trying to call people then it causes other issues mhm and um Texts and tweets also take up a lot less data so more people can get in touch with more people with yeah. less problems. Um, one of the things that's never, ever talked about is how cheap data truly is. And that's because it's it, it's more valuable for a company to put a cap and charge you. Um, but then you look at a place like Japan where 
I don't know. It's like they give you mobile data. I don't Pretty know how much. that shit works. But, the, but yeah, it's crazy how much mobile data just flows through Asian companies and how fast it is. Well, considering um, they have legit waterproof phones out there, like that's a, that's a norm for them. Yeah. Not like well, I just think water-resisted phones. And barely at that. Yeah. What I think Nintendo sh well could do is put a put a 4G antenna into the Switch and have it to where when you pay for Nintendo Online, you get data. Oh, speaking of data, his has gone the way of the dodo. Oh, should I try that again? Well, yes. I yeah, say yeah. it again. Okay. When you pay for Nintendo Online, it uh, mobile data comes included with. It. Now, granted, when you're at home, you could turn on your Wi-Fi and use Wi-Fi, whatever, if that's what you want to do. But this is so that whenever you're out and about in portable mode, you could still game online. That would be cool. Yeah, that because we know be... that they're not gonna. We know that they're not gonna. Uh, uh, that was weird that you said that would be cool specifically. Control. I was hoping you'd fight me on this. Um. But we know that they're not gonna open the floodgates on virtual console. If anything, they've they've gone above and beyond trying to say that virtual console is not a thing anymore. Yeah. As great as that would be, and so yeah, just offer data. You could you could bump it up. It could be forty to sixty dollars for online without adding any other features still being as dumb and bullshit as it is now like you know having to chat through phones and stuff people would not care if it meant they could always game online at any point oh absolutely and as long as it was like um, as long as there wasn't like a data cap on it no no cap that's I, I was trying to think of who they would partner with because I don't think that they could partner with AT&T or Verizon because those companies would have to explain why they're letting Nintendo have unlimited data but not their customers. But yeah, that was it. That was my that was my Nintendo Switch online idea where Nintendo could just heap on praises without ever fixing anything. I think it would be a, a damn good idea if they could ever implement it. Now would they? Probably not. No. God, no. And part of their reasoning would be, oh, well, the cost. Yep. Even though we know it costs nothing. Well, I guess we know, but not everybody knows. That's partly why I'm trying to spread the word that data is cheaper than anything. Yeah. I still can't believe that no phone company is offering, like, a plan where you get unlimited data, but they cap you on minute because seriously talking on the phone costs them more than browsing on the internet. <laughs> but yeah, that's a, that, that, that's it for me until we get into anything else. Well, <laughs> I think we only have one thing left to cover. Oh, really? Yeah, really? Look, this feels like my episode today. <laughs> we all get one. Only <laughs> one after this. No more talking from you ever. Well, actually, this should work out because I'm not going to be here next week. Oh, no? No, I. Uh, me and Peeps are going on a little mini vacation before school starts again. Oh. All right, then. Yeah. Well, listeners, right. you, know what you, have, you know what you'll have to deal with next week. Control and oh, I ranting that. about something. <laughs> It'll be all Halo and Warframe. <laughs> no, not this time. I mean, only if they release Gauss. Goss. Or if the Halo Reach flights start sometime in the next week. <laughs> but or anyway. Space. Okay, so Colin Moriarty, games journalist, uh, always has the scoops, had a podcast come out a while ago where he was talking about Konami, he was talking about how they're getting ready for Castlevania, and, uh, like, a new Castlevania. And he casually dropped that they got a team they're building for the next Metal Gear Solid. And he's like, eh, I feel like I could say this because, you know, it's, it's well known, it's established, they've already announced it. But 
No, they haven't. They've dropped hints that the IP is not dead, but they haven't come out and said that they were they would do another Metal Gear, you know? And so I thought this would be a perfect time for me to pitch how they could continue Metal Gear without Hideo Kojima, uh, without pissing off the fans, and also simultaneously rake in all the money. Not do it. <laughs> that's that's how they do it is by not doing it. Yeah, three wholeheartedly. I because know, I know you do. Look, uh, I think that I think that of all of us, I'm the biggest Metal Gear fan here. Obviously, uh, a true Metal Gear head. I am surprised you're not brandishing torch and pitchfork, considering what they already have done to the franchise after Kojima's absence. You realize Kojima worked on Survive. That's not the point. And and that's the thing, is everybody hates on it, but like, I don't know, he had a little bit of a hand in it anyway. Also, games are not made by singular people. No matter how much his name is plastered across the game, these are not games that are made and formed solely from Kojima's head. Whoa. And whenever you get into the later games, it's more or less his ego getting in the way of it. All right, fair enough. So, we reboot the series with Metal Gear. And story-wise, you just combine the first two Metal Gears, pick and choose a few things from them, and scrap the rest. Because they're not... Metal Gear 1 is not that heavy on story at all. It's a series of boss battles until the end with a big reveal that it was Big Boss the whole time. And... At any point, with all the other retcons that he did, Kojima could have just said, "Yeah, no, those are those two games are one," because the vast majority of the fan base hadn't played them. But he went the opposite way and made it to where, like, no, we hypnotized a medic and gave him plastic surgery, and he was big boss, and whatever, whatever. MGS Five was trash, story-wise. So we can still use the Fox engine, we can still use uh, the basic template and gameplay of MGS5. Because I, I still think that it was the best in that regard. Where I didn't like it was the vast open maps of empty space. The individual bases were fun, but traveling between them was bullshit. Do you guys agree? Oh yeah. Yeah, no, okay. I agree. So... um. You have Mother Base, which was built there. At some point, uh, Big Boss could have sold Mother Base to the U.S. government because what, what they don't cover in any of the games... When does Big Boss become the, the father of Special Forces? Like, he becomes the lead head of Foxhound. But they don't ever cover any of that. They're like, oh, he was a villain. Well, no, he wasn't because he's literally your commanding officer at the beginning of Metal Gear. So, like, something happened there explain that shit <laughs> um here they don't have to though so you start off as the new recruit uh solid snake and you go and you do the whole thing you, you they're like oh we sent out our best uh agent gray fox and all we got was this transmission that said metal gear back from them and you go and you investigate the land and you could still keep the fact that it's like both our heaven and zanzibar land uh metal gear and metal gear 2 um it's just like that's like part one and part two. Those are your only two main maps in the in the game. And these are much smaller, more concentrated maps, but like, you know, they could be huge bases for all we care. You gotta go in, you gotta rescue certain people, those people will explain the uh situation to you. In this in these games you still use binoculars and whatnot. And best of all, for the fans, who comes out and announces the game? David Hayter. And Konami reveals that they brought him back for Snake. Okay. I think I kind of, I think I kind of breezed through most of it, but that's because I, there's so much nitty gritty that I feel I don't have to get into. I think you guys get the point. Of it. So I then like our the next idea. game, thank you. Our next game could be a remake of MGS One, a true remake, not just putting MGS1 in the MGS2 engine like Twin Snakes was. But a full-on 
the entire map is a, an island in Alaska, you know? Really feels like a massive, sprawling military base. Uh, a military base slash R&D development base slash place where they make giant robots slash store <laughs> nuclear warheads. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the, enough said there. Then... After that, and I'm, I'm approaching where where the uh, roadmap for Konami is going to eventually lead to yearly releases. But then, after MGS1, we do a game that we're going to call Metal Gear Solid Philanthropy. And that is Otacon and Snake on the run, creating philanthropy and stopping various Metal Gears around the world, Right. Because at the end of MGS1, Ocelot releases the plans from Rex, and then a whole bunch of other states start trying to make their own Metal Gear. And that's what Snake does in between 1 and 2. And where that game ends is we find out that the U.S. military itself has created a Metal Gear to end all Metal Gears, codename Ray. And we all know the plant or the tanker chapter from MGS2, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So that's where Metal Gear Solid Philanthropy ends. That's actually the end. Snake going in to the the final one being Ray, but instead of you actually fighting it, Ocelot comes in, blows up the ship, and Snake dies. Quote-unquote. Quote-unquote, but like since that's the end of the game, that's what it looks like to any new fans. Right. From there, you do MGS2 with Raiden. And once we do MGS2, now we branch off. What we're going to do is we're never going to touch MGS4. Um, I think that that game is too wrapped up in both PS3 and Kojima and being something of its own era. And also, we and don't so, want Old Snake to be a thing anymore. <laughs> yeah, especially if he's not going to kill himself. If he's going to pussy out and get the get the fox die hugged out of him by his daddy. Um, so from here we branch off into different things. You have your tactical stealth action games. That is classic Raiden. And, well, he's actually not going to be in those, but Solid Snake, shit like that. Then you have tactical uh, espionage operations and those are games starring like Big Boss where you're building Mother Base and you're like the Peace Walker type shit. You have tactical squad operations. That's where you are an operative uh, with a squad. Um, you're Meryl and her team. Or you're the boss and her team. Um, and then finally you have uh, Lightning Bolt Action. And those are hardcore action games where you're your panther and your prey is fucking whatever panthers eat. I just realized I should have gone lion and gazelle, but whatever. Um, so but, uh, but you, that, so basically it to, to sum it up, you have metal gear solid, like the standard games, the stealth action, you have mm -hmm. peace Walker style games. You yep. have more of a Full gear spectrum warrior. You have more of a Gears of War style thing with the squad base or like a Spec Ops the Line kind of thing. That's a squad one. Yeah. And then you have and Metal then... Gear Solid Rising Revengeance. Yeah, but kind of like what kind of like what Metal Gear Rising was supposed to be. But like you have a game where you're riding and you save Sunny, and then you have Cyborg riding if you want. But also you could have Gray Fox games. Like you get it. And by having a huge slew of games like that. You could do yearly releases, but have specific teams working on specific things. So if you know what you like, you could just wait for that year. And you know that each one has tons of time to develop. That worked out so well for Call of Duty. It did work out for a while for Call of Duty. For like three games. Until they screwed over Sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But like when they were two studios pumping out yearly releases the quality started degradating then all of a sudden they added in three studios and it, it got a little better here we got four or five to begin with so each game has four or five years to gestate and develop and this is saying konami just lets each studio do their thing and doesn't 
infinitesimally stick their dick in everything. Well, yeah, but also Konami could literally do what they want with the IP so long as like people would not people would be fine. Make as many pachinko machines as you want, have dumb mobile spin-offs and card games and all that like do whatever you want with the IP so long as you're also making Metal Gear Solid with Solid Snake and David Hayter. And making them good, don't forget that. Don't just make them, you have to make them good. Yeah. But I have faith in the people who work there. I think that they would hold some reverence. That's why I even said, like, remake Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2. But, yeah, and there's a ton of games you can pop out in between certain titles. But, again, start it off with the next game just being a reboot of the series that consolidates the original Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2 for the MSX into one game, into one story. Make that your testing ground. Move on from there. And also, suck the fans' dicks, because that's all they want. Give them <laughs> David Hayter. Give them classic Solid Snake. Who cares? All you care about is making money, so make that money. People will throw it at you for David Hayter. It is also all your fans want anyway, because they're all very lonely. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And there Catch goes the entire huh? And there goes the whole Metal Gear audience that listens to this show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I like your idea for rebooting the franchise. Um I think it could work. I just think that they definitely need to take some time plan everything out. Maybe yeah. don't even branch off right away. Like save the branching for after you finish MGS two. Wait, you Well said keep that. in mind, yeah. Yeah, I, I made four games before we branched off into yearly releases. Yeah. So I I think it could work. And I don't even want I don't even want yearly releases. I do want a game where you get to play as Meryl. I do want a game where you get to play as the boss. I would like but them to be SOCOM like like I said, Spec Ops line or even SOCOM style, like high tactics shooters. Well that's why I said full spectrum warrior. I've never played full full spectrum warrior. It was it was kind of the same thing. You controlled the whole squad. Ah. Instead of one single person. You ever played Conflict Desert Storm? No. I played the shit out of that as a kid. It's a it's another one of those like squad tactics games like Soulcom, mm -hmm. except it was set They had one set during the Gulf War and then one set during obviously Desert Storm 2. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. Anybody else got anything else this week? No. Man, I hope that nobody was bored with my Metal Gear talk. <laughs> You're good. If you were bored, leave a comment in the Facebook group, specifically tagging King Kegel. Oh, man. <laughs> or at him on Twitter. Um, yeah, tell me how wrong I was on Twitter. At me, I dare you. <laughs> uh, you guys got anything to plug this week other than the usual shit? Nope. Nah. All right. Well, plug your usual shit. <laughs> well, as always, you can find me on Twitch with twitch.tv slash controlfreak. Otherwise, uh, on Facebook with facebook.com slash zguru review all right light at king kegel on facebook capital k's come at me bros and twitter is that also twitter? oh yeah i said on facebook that was yeah. twitter it's slash king kegel on facebook oh jesus but i don't ever go on there um and you can follow the podcast, facebook.com slash group slash gaming casual podcast. Uh, Twitter on Twitter at gaming casual pod. And you can find the show, obviously, wherever you're currently listening to it. But we are also on Spotify, Google Play and Podbean. Uh, share the show with your friends if you like it. 
we appreciate it. It's how we get more listens, and it helps us keep having motivation to do this because we need validation in our lives. You need validation. I validate myself. I don't want to know what you do after we're done recording. <laughs> uh, also, you can find me on Twitter at Sedge underscore gaming and twitch.tv slash Lord Sedge. Um, be excellent to each other, guys. We love you. We'll see you next week. Um, yeah, and that's it. Metal Gear. <laughs> oh, Jesus. David Hater, when did you get in here? Kept you waiting, huh? No, God, no. Never was. Never will. It's going to be all week with that. Yep. And it's his week for D&D this week. Kept you waiting, huh? Yeah, wait till you guys meet the new NPC. Fucking God. Bye, everybody. Good night, guys. His name is Rollin Rake. Hey, guys. Sedge here. I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to our intro music, 8-Bit Onward by Heatley Bros. You can find them on YouTube, and I will be posting the link in the description. Thanks. Bye.